You are on the moon. This was different. Your people from there. And the word he uses is temple. You activate the sword and the white flame ignites along the blade. You're like, all you see is just black and then stars. A circle of fire, so bright, so hot, bigger and more intense and more radiant than you've ever seen in your entire life. In the center of this white, hot fire, there is a a deeper darkness, more than the stars, darker than something you've ever seen in your entire life. And now we continue. see that the, the waves of, of wind off of Harold have have uncovered. And what you see it's uncovered is a desiccated hand holding on to the other end of it. A mummified, dried out hand. And you can see that this mound is a partly buried person of some kind. That seems normal and fine. Glad I didn't touch it before. And you can see more of this metal device. Uh, it is a a foot long metallic tube with copper that runs its entire length on one side. And at the end of, a tu- of the tube is a concave disc of obsidian. It looks vaguely like a hand crossbow. We say Potentia, if she's if it's that now been uncovered, she's going to use Mage Hand to grab the tube thing, not the hand, because mm-hmm. that seems fine and normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as Joe puts it, that seems fine and normal. Um, so yeah, she's gonna Mage Hand to to pick it up because she does not want to touch it, especially after what's just happened. She's like not. Mm-hmm. She's trying to give herself something else to think about, but it yeah. doesn't. Not she's not stupid. Um, <laughs> she's got need score that's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it appears to be uh, a device that has this tube, a handle. There's a trigger mechanism in a place that would make sense, like in a, with a hand crossbow, and there's also uh, a dial that looks like it can be set to f- to four different settings. Okay, she's gonna. Like, how far away from Potentia, from uh, Meredith and Harold are, is Potentia right now? Uh, you've walked 40 feet away. Okay. Um, can she get the... She's going to, like, mage hand move it so that it's basically back over to them and then get the mage hand to, like, toss it the last 10 feet so it lands, ideally, at Harold's feet. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, this metallic device lands at your feet, Harold, as Potentia tosses it 
towards you with Mage Hand. Mm-hmm. And does anything like change about the bubble or anything? Nope. Is there any writing on it that I would uh, be able to discern? There appears to be picking it up and examining it. Uh, no, I wouldn't touch it. Uh, there are some writings around the edge of the dial. Mm-hmm. There's a dot, one line, two lines, and then three lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there doesn't appear to be any other writing on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, part of me thinks it might be the thing that's creating this sort of bubble around us, uh, similar to the, you know, the carpet. Uh... The dial was currently set to the dot. Mm. I'm a little loath to mess with it, I suppose, in case we well, uh, yeah. disable our life support, as it were. They just toss it to you, so... He, yeah. It, and nothing's happened in that it's hit the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Potential literally did just throw it at us. Yes. I think Meredith is going to take a deep breath and bend down mm-hmm. and pick it up. Uh, so you pick it up, yep. Meredith. Um, as it is a, I guess the the handle is metallic. It, it's cool to the touch. Mm-hmm. It's it looks very much like a hand crossbow with a metallic tube where the the crossbow bit would normally sit. The bolt. Where the bolt? Yeah, where, where the bolt yeah, yeah, yeah. ends. Like, but there's like you you hold it in the way that you were like, oh, this kind of is like a it's kind of like a hand crossbow. It's like it's like my my hand crossbow. Mm. Can I like pick it up and point it? At things? Um, as Not you, at Harold or yeah. any people. Mm-hmm. Um, you look kind of down It's rule the, number one of crossbows. Um, looking kind of down the barrel, you see there are actually some, uh, a number of very small little gems mm-hmm. along the length of the barrel um, that are angled so that as you wield it, you can see the gems. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like inset into the barrel slightly and... Uh, there are 20 gems and they've all got a little bit of fate light to them. Hmm. Do I notice anything else? Uh, well, there's the dial and there's a trigger. So this is, this is a crossbow, right? It, what well, it, it's, it doesn't have a bolt. It doesn't have the, does it have somewhere for me to string. put the boat, in, the bolt in or? It has a barrel. Like it's, it's a, it's a tube. It's one, one end is, is open except it's, has this, it, 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 it would be open except it has this obsidian um, lens sitting there. Okay. Mm. I'm going to, hey, Potentia. Potentia's been staring at the hand. You haven't told anybody about the hand. Nope. And, it's, and it's 40 feet away and partly buried, yeah. so they can't yep. see it. I'm going to, like, call again, Potentia, and then mm. turn around and see that she's, like, staring at something. So I'm going to go and, like, trot over to her. Yeah. As soon as I get close, like, I, I slow down a little bit and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, sorry, I thought you might all be able to look at the and not have to deal with the... Yeah. You've never seen a body uh, buried in, in Lunar Regolith before, but... Nope. You've seen a hand. Yep. And you can guess the hand's connected to whatever's the rest of this mound. Oh. Poor soul. I wonder how long they've been here for. Based on its desiccation, could Potentia hazard a guess? This thing has been here a very, 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 very long time. 
Uh, cool. I mean, longer than I or my... Longer than anyone I know would have been alive for. Yeah, it seems that way. I... I feel like we should bury them. I mean, they're basically... You know what I mean, fully. I mean, they were until... Yeah. What's the, um... She sort of like shakes... What's the, 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 the thing? Um, I wasn't looking oh, at the thing. yeah. Um, I think it might be a crossbow. I kind of wanted to try it, but you know how well that went last time. <laughs> it's a crossbow. It stinks of magic. This is the oh. thing that the magic was coming off before, yeah? Yeah. 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 Could it be some kind mm. of arcane weapon, perhaps? That was what I was wondering. I mean, can, look at all of these gemstones. Can Potentia have a good investigate of it? Now that someone's touched it, she's more likely to, like, touch it and look at it, given someone's picked it up. So she's happy, happy to walk over to either where Harold is to look at it or... Mm-hmm. Meredith is holding Meredith's it. Holding it I brought it over, yeah. It. Yeah. Um, give me an investigation roll. 16. to 10. Mm. Plus 6. Mm-hmm. Um... Your, the only thing you can relate this to would be uh, something you saw, um, something you saw your father once wield, which was a blasting rod. Um, but it was it was not not nearly as elegantly designed as this. It, like his was very basic metal rod with focus on the on one end. Um, and it has that same kind of energy about it. It's similar to weapons I'd seen at home, so um, I can't say I'd particularly like you to continue to point it in my general direction. Oh, and she, like, moves it elsewhere. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Um, I was trying to be really careful. I just, I must have spaced for a second with the It's it's more because she probably would have walked up and, yeah, like, it's just ended up pointing it up. Just, I'm so sorry. It, and she just gonna just like ground. reach out and grab it off her because if she's seen her father hold one or use one, she probably knows how to hold. So, so it. your father would have just had like what basically would have been like a, what basically would have been a wand type yeah. setup. But yeah. this thing has a trigger, and there seems to be some kind of mechanicalness to it that you're unfamiliar mm. with. But it has, it's giving you that kind of vibe. Yeah. How about we um take this and see if you're. Who's the one with the crab? Just saying this to Meredith. Who's the one with the crab? Oh, Lanwin. Yeah. He might know what it is. Or at least know where to ask. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Or worst Um, case, we go ask our favourite human in the world. Bonin. No, not Bonin. That's who I was thinking of, actually. Oh, was it? He's a dragonborn. Bonin's not a human. He's a dragonborn. I know, but that's not... Like, she's not thinking... Mm. Words. She's like mm-hmm. person. Fine. fine. Go ask Bonin? our favorite person in the world. Yeah, Bonin will know what to do. Um, so she's gonna swing her pack off her back and pull out like a a scarf that she's got in there, um, like a piece of cloth, and then she's going to hold it out to Potentia. And it's then, funny because like, I was about to do the same thing, except I have, for some reason, in my bag, a Ferramustus Cubes t-shirt, <laughs> and I was just going to wrap it in that. Oh. So if it's, if it's okay with you, Meredith, um, I've got something that I don't mind if it gets... If it ha- takes damage, that looks far too nice for 
something like this. And she's just going to pull out the... It's like a black <laughs> T-shirt with the Farabuses. Like, it's the one that they got on, I think, O'Day. Yeah. Um, I don't even know It, if it's it wasn't the one, the one you got uh, to escort uh, the Farabuses cube. Gore. Maybe, yeah, it when might have you, been that one. I've just, yeah. I've just got Fairmont's just cubes shirt by one. Uh, that's de- that's definitely the one you got when you escorted Gore around. Great. when he was the. Cubie. She's gonna wrap it in that. <laughs> okay, is she gonna take it? I took. Or I thought is... I took it off. I took it off you because yeah, yeah, you were yeah. about to pointing it. I was just like to make sure that it was exactly what I thought. Meredith it was. is kind of giving it a bit of a funny look. The like, she's a little bit like, oh, I don't, I don't get to. Okay. We'll go find your friend. Okay. I just... Let me put the magical blasting thing in with the other magical blasting thing that I've got in my bag already. Okay. That's that's a good plan. I love that Meredith doesn't ask what that is. Mm. Oh, no. She's just like, whatever. <laughs> but, um, but you can tell that she's not... She's a little bit like, oh, but I kind of wanted, wanted the... Magic, I, okay. You know. <laughs> the wizard is not letting the bard walk off with the magical blasting rod. But it's a crossbow, Potentia. It's a crossbow. And Potentia is also proficient in crossbow. I know. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, she's then just going to, like, pop it in back in her bag and kind of walk back over to... Um, the team, team mm-hmm. Astro Squad. So, um, I, so yeah. unfortunately, this is where Ben DM interjects. Meredith and Potentia, you're having this this moment where you're wrapping up this device and putting it away. Uh, Harold, you're okay. Harold, what are you doing currently? I'm probably just observing those two, like figuring out what that thing is, because I suppose I was nearby mm-hmm. before Meredith wandered off. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. There's a a strange kind of like hiss mm-hmm. sound that you hear behind you, Harold. Um, and the the sound of like uh, air moving quickly. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you notice first is that suddenly you are in shadow. Yep. And as Potentia and Meredith turn to uh, return back to you and the rest of the group, you see what is standing behind Harold. And it takes you a moment to work out what it is. And even then you aren't still sure because it has these reptilian feet and a... Uh, a, th- a theropod, like a Tyrannosaurus stance, mm. but its body is too long and serpentine. And where there would be arms, there are four tentacly tendrils. Mm-hmm. And there is some kind of uh, metallic, almost backpack like thing strapped to its shoulder where its shoulders are and wrapped around its back Mm. and then it has this huge gaping maw of a face and then it's wearing this metallic helmet looking thing on top of it with these lights that that blink and, and turn on and off 
and it it opens its mouth as if to roar and there's just this forked tongue that comes out instead and it, it hisses mm-hmm. and it stands 15 feet tall <laughs> and uh, is looming basically behind you Harold mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately the first thing this creature did was grab team astronomy with its tendrily arms no Uh, Except for you, Harold, because you were outside of its range. Mm. Not the beautiful nerds. Hey, everyone, this is Joe. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons & Doctorates. If you enjoy the show, why not recommend the podcast to a friend? It really helps us out. If you have questions for our cast about the show or a submission for a mid-show message, head on over to dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. You can also help support the show by checking out our sweet, sweet merch over at merch.dndoctorates.com. Honestly, I cannot tell you just how comfortable those sweatshirts are. Oh my gosh, I wear it all the time. It's amazing. (laughs) And now, back to the show. This thing occupies a 10-foot square. It is currently 10 feet away from Harold. Um, Meredith, you are 10 feet behind Harold and potentially you're 30 feet away from Harold. So you are 40 feet away from this creature. All right. And Meredith, you are 20 feet away from this creature. Great. You're up, Meredith. Ah! Ah! This, this thing has appeared. It It is terrifying and roaring. It has... Uh, a strange metal-looking helmet with all of these, uh, like, glass lenses. Um, it looks... The helmet looks vaguely like a spider's head with uh-huh. all these lenses, like, all these eyes all over it. And it's a thousand percent coming to attack us, right? Oh, it's grabbed your uh, astronomer friends and it's yes, holding that's on right. to them. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Flame Arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to bring up my hand crossbow okay. and yep. so you fire. Flaming arrows onto... Mm-hmm. So is flame arrows a bonus action or a, an action? It's an additional, I think. Let me read it for you. Mm. So this is a new one that I haven't really used very much. Uh, you touch a quiver containing arrows or bolts. When a target is hit by a ranged weapon attack using a piece of ammunition drawn from the quiver, the target takes an extra 1d6 fire damage. Okay. Uh, flame. I was going to look it up. Yeah. I'm not familiar with this one as well. Flame arrows. It's one of my additional magical secrets. Yeah, but the casting, it takes one action to cast, though. So oh, so I have to cast it. that and then... Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. But yep, you can can't, but you can can't, well... I, mm. if, if you were standing next to somebody with arrows, you could cast it on them, and on their turn they could fire. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to cast that, and then I'm going to get the hell out of dodge and move back. Okay, so run back to where Potential is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, we have Harold. Harold, you have an excellent passive perception, so mm. I'm going to provide you an, an extra bits of information here. When you spun around to see this thing come up behind you, Mm. you notice two things. One, as you place your foot onto the ground, you aren't stepping onto that crunchy uh, regolith, which you don't know what regolith is, but the ground here. Mm. You stepped onto solid, flat surface that feels 
smooth like stone. Mm-hmm. You also spot behind one of these pillars a five foot square opening has appeared on the ground and there is a very dim light coming from it mm-hmm. yep interesting okay um but we do have this thing to deal with also mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm gonna do the thing that makes most sense and I'm going to cast a guiding bolt yeah I'm gonna do that. So let's uh, let's go for that. Uh, so twenty-seven to hit, natural twenty. Oh, woo! Yeah, that's a that's a hit. That's a crit. Mm. Guiding bolt crits are, are big crits. So um, mm. Mm. Ooh, nice. Roll your damage. Om nom nom. Okay. What a delicious critical. Uh, oh nice. Um, D and D Beyond knows it's a crit automatically now. Twenty-two points of radiant damage. 22 points of damage. Nice. And the next... Uh, next um, attack. Ranged... No, actually, there's the next The next anything that rolls against it has advantage now. Okay. Um, it's... Uh, it, like, recoils away. It's, it's slick black skin pot-marked now by this uh, radiant, like, scorch mark on its um, chest. Potential. Cool. Um, oh, sorry. Harold, do you do anything else in your turn? Um, not for now. I think I'll note that opening, um, knowing that it could be useful if we manage to free the others. But for now, we need to concentrate on that, I think. Okay. Potential. Cool. How big would you say this thing is? Uh, this thing stands 10 feet tall. Cool. And in, this is going to when you say it has grabbed our friends, where, ha- like, so wh- it, where are they in terms of its body? Uh, There's a reason I'm asking to, this. I'm just trying to Yeah, they are to the side of it. Like, its its tentacles have, have grabbed onto them, wrapped around them, and are holding them kind of off to the side. Um, it, cool. It's doing the... The, the noodle ten- dance. The noodle dance. Okay. Um... Would you say that its hands are more than five feet away from it? Like its its hands are attached hands, to sorry, it. Sorry, and then it's then its feet. Sorry, that was a <laughs> that that sentence got away from me. Would you say that its hands are more than five feet away from its feet? I would say it's no. Its hands are five. Like if if we are taking this ten foot cube, yeah, and saying its hands occupy. Uh, two of the top cubes. Yes. Its feet would be in the bottom two cubes below it, so that is five foot away. But if I was to say aim at its foot rather than aiming at its guts, uh huh, would that distance be five feet? If but you're aiming know- at like the ground itself, five feet would not reach the hands. Does its toe count as ground itself? Becomes yeah. like the, yes. The reason I'm asking this question is it's cool. So what potential wants to do is um, because it is cold in general on the moon because that's how atmospheres work unless yeah. you're in like direct sunlight unless you're in direct sunlight but like yeah we know that we're in our little space bubble but she's going to um conjure sorry she's going to like wipe off of herself um some some drops of water 
because mm -hmm. from a sweat perspective, they're, they're probably there. Yep, I know and, what's happening. Yeah, you do. Um, I create a shard of ice and flick it with the goal. Ideally, if I was, if I get this, it's stabbing it through its foot into the ground. Not that it's going to stay like that, but that's the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the um, intent. Roll to hit. You have advantage on this attack thanks to Guiding Bolt. Uh, a 12 and a 16 plus 6. So 22. Yep, yep that hits. Cool. So uh, that's 1d10 of piercing damage. One. Uh, that is a 9 piercing damage plus uh, the target at each creature within 5 feet of it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. All right, deck saving throw. Here we go. Uh, it rolled a 12. Uh, my saving throw is a number, is 14. It so fails. It fails. So it now takes an additional 2d6 of ice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Damage. Cold damage. Nice, Cold nice, damage. nice. Cold damage. Cold damage. And I only set this out at level one because I wasn't sure that I was going to successfully hit yep. it. So Damage. Uh, another seven on top of that. So 16 altogether, seven of which is cold damage. Okay. Um, great. It doesn't seem to take any additional damage. Your ice strikes as its foot shatters, lodging shards of ice into its underbelly. Uh, it roars, flashing its sharp, pointed teeth. Uh, its turn. It is going to... Uh, attempt to hit Harold with one of its tentacles, the last remaining open tentacle it has. This one it has a yep, 10 foot reach. Okay, so its tentacle whips out towards you, Harold. Uh, does a 15 hit you? Uh, yes. Oh. Okay. You are going to take huh, I so rarely get to use the d12. How uh, wonderful for you, Ben. Yeah, 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 it sounds so great for you. <laughs> uh, you take 12 points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh. Uh, and Harold, you need to make a strength saving throw. Uh, 20. Okay, you are not grappled. You manage to, to sh shake it off uh, yeah. as, it, as it grabs onto you. Uh, but it is also coming in with its uh, snake-like neck to come in for a bite. Ooh, math 20. This thing has a... It's it gonna hurt. This is a bite. This is a big bite. Uh, so that, do some math. Uh, that is 21 points of piercing damage, Harold. Okay. As it comes down, bites onto your shoulder. Uh, and then we are back to Meredith. All right. Meredith is gonna, like, shout, um, shout out as she sees Harold get crunched. And she's like, ah! Um, and she'll fire off a flaming arrow. Mm -hmm. Um, so hits. I shall roll to hit. Go. Oh, that does not hit. She's a little bit distracted because she's looking at Harold and she's flying off a flaming arrow. I got a nine, um, so mm. it misses. Yeah. Um, and she will, um, as a bonus action, cast Healing Word at level three. Uh, so that does ten points of healing. For you, Harold. Cool. And Meredith, you do anything else? Uh, no, she's just going to stay where she is. All right, Harold. 
Ah, me again. Okay. Um, I will cast uh, Constellation Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I will send Orion to uh, do an attack. Uh, what form does Orion take? We're going with the hawk for this okay. one. Um, so, ah! yeah, it will fly in, um, go for an attack. So it's 22 to hit. That hits. Six. So that's seven plus six, which is... 13. 13. Nice. Uh, piercing damage, and it will um, fly out of its attack range uh, using its mm-hmm. flyby ability as well. Um, nice. I think what I might do is try and move. Is there a pillar nearby that I could gain uh, cover you could, from? You could like run uh, 20 feet and get to one, mm. get to cover behind it. But I am within its attack range now. Yes, you would provoke an attack. Uh, I will tell you that with Orion's attack, this creature is bloodied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't hide, so I think I'll just stay where I am for now. Okay. Uh, so you don't provoke any attacks then. Potential. <laughs> Under the proviso that I am doing this such that Harold would not be hit by this and it is still aiming at the floor underneath this thing's feet. Yes. Words are hard and important. Um, I am going to uh, focus really, really hard. What would... And um, because she ends up covered in bits of, like, rock and dust and things, there's probably a chip of mica floating around there somewhere. Um, Probably. And just immediately casts uh, Shatter at the... Basically at the the floor Mm. underneath the foot of the... Uh, yeah, roll... Do you have to roll? Is it a save? I roll a save. You roll a save. What kind of save is it? Con. Con save. All right. Uh, this thing rolled a natural 20 on its con save. Oh. A lot of natural 20s today. A lot of natural 20s yeah. today. Um, I have uh, to roll the damage anyway, though, because... Yeah. So it's just going to take uh, half. Actually, I'm I, I, roll... did, I did... No, no, I did a bad maths. Anyone mm. in its hands... Because I said under its foot, and it's ten foot tall. It's a ten foot radius sphere, ah. which means that all of our friends in its hands—they've got some health. Um, can hmm, they are considered grappled? They have to make a con save. It's not. It's oh, not. Yeah, it's con, about a. Not, it's a will. It's not a yeah, avoidance. Okay. Well, uh, let's start. Let's start with the top of my list. Let's start with Professor Kegstone. Uh, he fails. Um, let's go to. Uh, I'm glad I decided to cast this at first level as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh. bad. Nat 20 uh, from from our pal Yenril. Good they, they survived because... Um, you know, I need them to run the thing. Need them yep. to run the, med, the, the teleporting carpet thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then roll for uh, Vathar. And Vathar uh, fails. Right. So those that fail, actually, that's not so bad. I did not completely obliterate everybody. Uh, they take Yay! seven points of uh, okay. thunder damage. Thunder damage. Okay. And the ones that succeed. As does uh, 
half as much damage on a success, but if they nat 20, then I don't know what that means. It's just, it's just a, a full, just a success. Okay. Um, that also goes for... The ground. The ground. And it says a creature made of inorganic material such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on this saving throw. I would assume that any metal or whatever in the vicinity would take some... would Because mm. that's the thing. I just realised mm-hmm. that that depends on what you're counting mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. The big boy is being mm-hmm. made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you'll, everyone will see this. Um, the ground that it's standing on cracks and it like it's it drops a, it drops five foot down. Um, you you caused a, a sizable little crater here, potential. Um, but also the uh, backpack and the helmet crack as well okay uh, uh, yeah and any non-magical objects in the area so any rocks probably just go yeah well, um, and also yeah you've, you've definitely like cleared a space around it yeah of, of... it can't pick stuff up and throw stuff at us now which is good uh, do you do anything else on your turn uh, she's gonna try and duck behind a suitably located rock or um pillar or equivalent mm-hmm. okay uh with a view to hiding because she does not want to get picked up by this thing okay um hmm but like she can't hide because she's taken an action yeah, but like yeah, the view yeah. is no, i'm just i'm just thinking about what what damage to the backpack and helmet means for this creature um oh no i did a thing that ben didn't expect <laughs> Oops, I D indeed. Yeah. So, um, how dare you? It's chaos gremlin. Um, <laughs> it will. Okay, Kate, so Kate, not potential. Kate, not potential. As part of the okay, it goes to take a step, mm-hmm. and you see there's like an electrical spark from the helmet, and its whole body like muscle spasms. In her brain, she's like, huh, interesting. Need to look this up later. What happened? Hmm, fun. But is, like, more focused on not being seen by it, in a sense. I need to make a check. Okay. Um, (laughs) It... Oh, no. ...turns and runs to the hole and squeezes through the the hole that Harold saw. Does it drop its people? No. It carries Oops. them. With <gasps> it. Uh, no. And the hole that it was in, Harold, the dim light um, as if eclipsed by two sliding pieces of, of panel the, the light you see is cut off. Mm-hmm. Does it, it doesn't. It doesn't provoke an attack from you. Me. No. Okay. No. It it moved back and away from you. Right. Mm. Um. That's what it does. Okay. Uh, I. We're still in. Initiative order until. I think for a little bit. Uh, Meredith. Um. Meredith is just kind of going to look around at everybody and just go. What just happened? 
everyone, Russ here. As always, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons and Doctorates. Apologies for the unannounced break last week. Just a couple of technical issues, but we've sorted them out now. And obviously, we're happy to get back on schedule with the release of this week's episode as we continue to discover more secrets about the moon and maybe the greater universe. As always, please remember that you can submit your mid-show message requests at dndoctorates.com. These are a really great way for you to interact with us and interact with other listeners of the show. You can request that any one of the cast read your message and you can request that any of the characters read that message. I actually always find that one really fun, really cool to try and imagine how these characters would sort of read these messages uh, in a sort of meta-breaking way. We are recording an episode of The Common Room this Monday as things stand. So... If you are listening to this before Monday, the 11th of July, you can submit your comment room questions about the latest episodes at dndoctorates.com, filling out the form. And of course, there you can also find links to our sweet merch. It was amazing to see some of that out in the wild. Uh, Kate met someone wearing a jumper at uh, an event, and that's really cool. It means a lot to us. It just helps us promote the show, and also it helps us with, uh, of course, the, the, the cost of running the show and commissioning artists and things. And of course, once again, I want to thank everyone who interacts with us on Twitter and social media. Media, uh, creating memes and just talking about the show. It really helps us in general. Um, this is the end of this week's podcast. We will be back next week with another episode in this current moon arc. Just thought I'd switch things up a little bit this week and put the message at the end of the show. Thank you again for listening. And in the meantime, don't forget to be kind to one another.